Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. Think with me right now, the people in your life who helped form and shape you, whether it was a mentor, a parent, someone that you really trusted and learned so much because you had a passion in something or a calling into something. And because of the relationship you had with them, you watched and observed them. And you became a little bit like them as you learn from their mistakes, but they also, you also learn from their words of wisdom, their actions. And that happens over a long period of time. Sometimes it could be maybe a, a quick encounter, and for other times it can be a long relationship of giving us values and ethics and morals and good wisdom in life. You know, for me, before I was ordained, I wanted to be a radio play-by-play person. My friends used to say, you have a voice made, or a face made for radio. And I said, all right, you know, okay, I'll try it. But I had this great, great desire. And I remember as a boy hearing a sportscaster from Albuquerque, uh, Mike Roberts. He was the uh, voice of the New Mexico Lobos in sports and also the Albuquerque Dukes in AAA baseball. And uh, that was a 50,000-watt station. And I used to listen to him and mimic him and learn from him. And I got to meet him one time. I also was a fan of Al McCoy, and still am, for the Phoenix Suns. And I got a chance to meet him a couple of times and tell him I was one day wanted to be a radio pay-by-play person. He was so kind to me. And it's amazing. Al McCoy's about this big, but he's got the voice of God. It's just like, is that the same person? Wow, you know? But both of them, I entered into relationship with them through the radio. I learned from them, and if they ever gave interviews or read articles, I read up on them, and I wanted to know everything what it was was to be a a radio play-by-play person. In fact, at the College of Santa Fe, which was the college I lived at for the seminary, as we went to that college there, they had a basketball team, the Knights, and they were NAIA, the same as Grand Canyon at that time, and they had a little booth up there, and the seminarians and I got a tape recorder. You kids won't know what a tape recorder is, and we had a microphone, and I got to broadcast the game, and the guys helped made uh, 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 stats and commercials, and I had halftime guests, and I did that for a couple of times for fun, and, and boy, that was just a, a great, great thing to, to learn how to, from these guys, what it means to be a broadcaster, uh, the tricks of the trade, but also how to be a good one as well. And my emphasis was always on priesthood. And of course, needless to say, there were different men that were great influences in my life. Father Michael Grady, who some of you might know of, gave me my first communion because Duncan, that little town, was the mission of Morency and of Clifton. And so he would come down every once in a while, and I got to know him. Father Henry Wazalewski, both great guys. I was Father Wazalewski's altar boy at six years old. And just the way that he treated me, because our family was involved. We moved to Safford, and Monsignor Rosenzweig was so good with me and knew that I wanted to be a priest one day. And there were other associates that were there, but I remember a Father William Reed, a little older guy, but he was the associate. And, you know, I would cross paths with Father Reed's in a way because when he died, he was the pastor of St. Charles Borromeo in Peoria, and I succeeded him. A fourth grader, huh? Being able to meet Father Reed, and then I'm the one that replaces him after he goes home to the Lord. Uh, Other priests that were Monsignor Dumphy and Holbrook, along with Father McNeil, really instilled with me youth and enthusiasm. 
and Father Dunphy made me in charge of, as a young kid of the altar servers. And he knew I used to like to play mass at home with my brothers and sisters, so he always gave me a box of unconsecrated hosts to take home to play mass with. Huh? And when my parents weren't looking, my brother and I put peanut butter on that and then eat the, <laughs> ate them as well. But those little acts of kindness, <laughs> Father McNeil was so young, and it was, he brought in great enthusiasm. And Father Richard Milligan really formed and shaped me, but also challenged me as well. And Father Mike Martinez was ordained right before I was ordained, a few years before, and he was a priest for a while. And just his enthusiasm, his youth, and intellect inspired me. In order to learn from these men, I had to put into a relationship. In other words, I observed and I watched and I learned. Doesn't mean we were best buds, but I watched and they taught me so many things, both good things and things that I needed to work on and things of what not to do. And they were always an example. And the more that I entered into relationship with these men, the more I learned about values, wisdom, strength, and also my weaknesses. That's the story of Eucharist. That's the story of a relationship with Jesus that Eucharist contains. And here's the mystery of Eucharist. The more you eat of Jesus, the more you become him. You are what you eat. You are what you eat. And when we eat the host here, the body of Christ, you become more like him because you're in relationship with him. And the more you eat of him, the more the grace of God works within you and me. And that relationship must be committed and growing and entering into. If I didn't do that with these men in my life there, I wouldn't be the priest I am today because I would just hear about it and they would have no influence in my life. And the same thing happens with Eucharist. If we only come 12 times a year and we think we're doing good because you know, I go once a month because life's really busy and lots going on. And yes, there are some serious things that happen that we got to take care of. But 12 times or 24 times a year to eat is not enough. Jesus will never, ever be able to penetrate more into your heart because we're not open to it. You know, statistics are telling us that many Catholics, many years ago we know, went quite often and those numbers have gone down where Catholics think that twice a month is pretty good. And I'm a pretty good Christian and all. And, you know, I, I understand that. And now what they're saying is once a month. If I go 12 times, that's enough to know what Jesus wants me to do and live within me and change and transform my life. And that's not enough. But what we have to understand is what we're doing here is more than just having the experience of Mass and coming to receive a host and receiving Jesus and feeling this great comfort. It is understanding the idea that we become more like Jesus when we eat of him. It is called the grace. And so Catholics have to understand that when we eat, it's a total experience with God. You can't rely on the Mass on the homily. I like to go to that Mass when I go because he's a pretty good speaker or I like the music there or that's a good community or I, it's a more convenient time. Huh? 
Those things can help form and shape, shape us and teach us. There's good teaching in liturgy. But a lot of times the people who teach you are in the pews. The way you treat each other. The way you form community. It's powerful that the Eucharist works when you sit there and you see the same people when you make that commitment to come. And next thing you know, you talk to them at coffee and donuts or after mass and you find out, hey, you were born in the same town. You know what? They have a sick spouse and they just died. And some of the most powerful relationships in this parish are when fellow parishioners sit together and they visit each other. You know, it's understandable when someone loses someone to death that it's hard for them to come to Mass. That makes a lot of sense because the music, maybe the environment reminds them of that person and they're in a lot of pain. And that's why we try to stay close to those who are, who are grieving at that time. And sometimes you cause the pain as well because you're so good at singing. You're so good at welcoming. You're so good at loving people and giving great examples that that's painful for them as well because their loved one isn't there with them. And we act patiently with them. And so it's important to know that Eucharist isn't about worthiness. Worthiness in the way that says it's a reward. That because at this moment I've taken care of myself. And so for 1030 Mass I'm clean. And then until I go and make another stupid sin. And then I'm back to being dirty. So hopefully I won't have any bad thoughts during Father Eric's homily. And that's a little game. And that's an unhealthy religious game. Let's be mindful that Pope said today, I thought it was so beautiful, that the bread we're about to eat, the body of Christ, everyone will be invited to come, is meant not as a reward for saints, but bread for sinners. And do you really want to be a better person? I know all of you want to. In your quiet moments, when you're silent, when you're alone, you and I want to be better people. God, if, if I could just be better to my spouse, if I could be more patient with the kids, if I can be a little bit more understanding with my parents, if I can be less angry, if I can be less resentful, that comes about because we eat at Eucharist. We eat the body of Jesus, and we become transformed. But there's a lot of people who come up here who are very sinful, but you know what I've seen as your pastor for 26 years? I've seen a lot of people who struggle with sin, including me, who come up for communion, who are not always ethical in running their businesses, who are not always faithful to their spouses, who don't like certain people and are very discriminatory or prejudiced, who are so full of ego and pride, those who are not very loving and caring and are very impatient, and very self-absorbed. I see a lot of them coming. But you know what I've also seen? Those same people transformed. I've seen a lot of sinful people come, including me. And you know what heals? Is the body of Christ. I have to tell you, I like, I like to think I'm a good preacher, but I don't think I changed your life. <laughs> I think Eucharist did. I appreciate when you say, God, that was a good homily. God, I need to hear that. Thank you. I don't live for it, but thank you. But you know what? That's what really changed you. 
I've seen real transformation where people who couldn't stand foreigners come here all the time, and they told me that, and one day they wake up and go, you know what? I don't want to be that way anymore. I've heard people who struggle and are so self-absorbed, so self-centered, so narcissistic in their lives, and one day, because of that bread, and because they became what they ate, they became some of the most giving people I've ever met. I know some people who struggle with faithfulness in all types of relationships. And yet somehow God touches their life and helps them through those moments. Do we sometimes fall back into sin? Yeah. But you know what? The more you eat, the more you change and you become. And without a relationship, without hungering for that bread of life, without saying Jesus will transform me if I keep being in a relationship with him, you'll never change. You won't. You can read all the intellectual books, read all of uh, great biblical scholars. You can be alone in your room and read scriptures, and those things help. But if you really want the grace of transformation, it's found at the table. And your life's changed and transformed. And so this is bread for sinners. This is bread at any time that you can come. Proper worthiness is being aware of what you're doing. The worthiness that's misunderstood is that you have to earn it. Worthiness means like, wow, I'm doing something important. You know, I've seen people over the years who didn't dress well for Mass. I never shamed them. I never belittled them or made them feel guilty, even though they wore a Dallas Cowboy shirt to Mass. I don't like that. (laughs) I had to bite my tongue many times. But you know what happened one day because they came? They just started dressing different. Those who constantly are late, some have to be late for serious reasons, and it's hard because they have you know, children or family together. It's just difficult, but I'm glad they're here. But one day they just say, this is the most important thing I do. I'm here early. And that's a commitment. And that happened over time, not because I gave a great homily or Paul sang a great song or you had great coffee and donuts. It happened because you ate. You become what you eat. So if you are serious about being an authentic disciple, if you are serious to have meaning in your life, if you are serious that you want to be a better person, if you are serious that you want to get rid of things that make you sad and unhappy and that are not meant for you, that's where you go. You become what you eat. Twelve times a year is not enough. It will not be enough to change you. Twenty-four times a year is not enough. Doesn't mean it can't happen. But that's going to take a lot longer. Be aware of what you're doing today, my friends. Become what you eat when you come to the table of the Lord. Thank you for listening to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Homily Podcast. We are Christian Disciples in Mission, 